Welcome to another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. This is episode 97. As always, I hope you're keeping well and keeping busy. Today we have another great guest. Pat will be chatting to Glasgow West End's own Donella Campbell. Donella is the writer of the book The Girl Who Invented Dusty Springfield. Certainly one of my favourite singers of all time. This is a meticulously researched book which covers the singer's early life as Donella seeks to find the person behind the trademark mascara and blonde beehive. Trademark mascara and blonde beehive. For some strange reason that's difficult to say. It's a story of her transformation into one of the 1960s most iconic looking and certainly best singers. So without further ado, here's Pat chatting to Donella Campbell. Today, Donella Campbell is here with me. She's written an amazing book, The Girl Who Invented Dusty Springfield. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Hello. So, <laughs> nice to see you, Donella. Thanks for coming up. And nice to see you, Pat. Thanks for inviting me. So, what a great book. I don't think I've actually ever read anything so any you know biography so detailed. Really, I cannot yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like as if you were actually there throughout that whole experience. That's what I was trying to aim for. I wanted, and you know, I like to feel as though I was there. You know, and mm-hmm. I wanted my readers to feel as though they were there as well. Mm-hmm. It was just, um, I have no idea how you, um, so maybe you're going to tell us. First of all, um, before we go into how you went about it, I was wanting to ask you, you know, why you wanted to write that book? I know, and that's really difficult, (laughs) really difficult to answer that question, you know. Why? Um, I mean, so back in 2012, Dusty came back into my life. I hadn't really thought about her for ages but she came back in I was hearing her music on the radio or whatever and I started then searching for stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. and then it um, it reminded me it reminded me of seeing her all way back when she was with the Springfields you know she was on Ready Steady Go yeah, with Springfields um, and I, I just started to want to know more about her you know, I started investigating more and more, and um, so I, I listened. To, I searched for all of the, um, all of her, everything that she sung, all of her recordings on YouTube, even the most obscure ones. You know, there are many, many obscure recordings that most people don't know about. Anyway, um, and then I found her interviews as well, and after that, I read all the biographies. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't satisfied. Uh, I felt an important part of her story was missing. So um, basically, I decided that I was going to fill in that gap. <laughs> and was that the kind of early, but you know, when she was younger? No. Yeah, I mean, I suppose initially when I start, thought about writing about her, I wasn't thinking about focusing on that period of her life. But in, as time went on, I decided that I would, you know, um, just focus on her childhood and her early years because 
hadn't been written about before. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. And, and it's so interesting. And um, I mean, she was a very unusual um, school child. I mean, she wasn't a um, yeah. uh-huh. brilliant academically or anything, but she was so um, able, so young, you yeah. know, to yeah. teach herself guitar and yeah, um, yeah. You know, though she was, she seemed very shy, but she was still up for being in productions at school and. Do, do oh yeah, so she was really keen on the the school productions. I think mm-hmm. some, um, uh, what was it called, Othello? No, no, yeah. it wasn't Othello. You 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 thought. Iolanthe. <laughs> Iolanthe, yeah, um, and and I've got to say it there. That was amazing that you had those actual images in the programmes. Well, that's part of my research, you know. I mean, I got in touch with with people that she was at school with and uh, I was provided with that information by them. I mean, it's great, you know, to just have have those as part of the book, you know. Is it? Or do you think so? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm really glad to hear it. Yeah, I love the illustrations and the posters, you know, the ones with the Lannis sisters and all all those, you know, I love those. Yeah, Yeah, her time with the Lannis sisters was uh, quite something. I thought that was terrific. But I I very, very much enjoyed the um, early part when she was at school because I went to a convent school and lots of the things I just could (laughs) I could just feel yourself there see it happening and then when you you speak about the younger girls having crushes on the big girls and all that kind of thing we we had all that as well as well at school and um, the innocence of a lot of it you know it was so Uh um, and you know, she, I mean, she had that had the influences from home, but it wasn't as though her parents were really like um, the most loving or um, you know parents. In, in it's, that, in it's, that sense. it's true. It's true. You know, I mean, the thing about her parents, her parents. Well, I, I think, and I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think her mother. Uh, was bipolar. He had, she had bi- bipolar, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I reckon that uh, Dusty had it as well. And I wonder if I should say that. But anyway, um, so her mother was an unusual kind of a person. She found it hard to relate to people. Mm-hmm. I think her father had uh, was born in India and went to boarding school in England when he was eleven. And he didn't see his parents after that mm-hmm. for years, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And it must have had a terrible, Absolute traumatic time. impact mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know so how he felt. quite a strange upbringing. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. between the two of them, they were, they were uh-huh. struggling, I but think. They gave but her they her loved the, her. Uh-huh. And they gave her the, 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 the music. They gave and, her the tools and, that she needed yeah. uh-huh. to, to learn how to be a... To learn how to be a musician, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And she just decided so young that that's what she wanted to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it. Seems it seems that way. Yes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she just and, and and she drove. She was driven to do that from, mm-hmm. as you say, a very young age, and she really, really wanted to. I mean, she she's given interviews later on in her life when she said. All I want is all I wanted was to be famous, mm-hmm. and she achieved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and then she had her brother Dion. He was yeah, a musician. Yeah. Do you know it's yeah. funny that people get a bit. You pronounce it Dion, but his name was actually Dionysus. Right. So a, a Greek, him, is that a Greek name? Yeah. Although I mean, because it's the kind of um, Irish background and so on that. Um, um, Dionysus so is it a, an Irish name. Well, I think it's a name that's used or was used at that time in Ireland. Right, yeah, right. yeah, I've never heard it before. Have you not? No, no. I know. I mean, it is, it is a kind of. I would say Dion because it was that musician called Dion. Remember, I don't was think one, it might yes. have been spelled differently. Yeah, yeah there was one. So it's Dion. Dion. Although he soon turned it, changed his name to Tom. So much easier I, bet, I, bet, um, I wondered about that because Dylan was so much more interesting for <laughs> just the time yeah. well who knows um, he never he was very a, a real recluse actually mm -hmm. so he, after 1969 he was virtually out of uh, commission yeah. he didn't he didn't get involved in the music scene at all yeah. after that well, but I mean, you, you, one of the things about the book that you must be an absolute glutton for work because you gave all his, um, all the information about him as well and the interesting career and when he went into the army and had to learn Russian and yeah, yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. all, all of that. So the characters are, um, uh -huh. you know, within a life. Where you made them very clear. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you think so. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was. I, I really, really wanted uh -huh. to to find out all of that information. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's quite unusual, and I think it's quite. You know, yeah, I mean, I uh -huh. think usually you've got the person. Yes. And that's the pool, and everybody else is kind of touched on periphery. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But you, 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 my God, you, you did an enormous amount of work. Uh, yes, I did quite a lot. It was good fun, though, yeah. you know. Learning about his time at school, learning about his time in the, what was it, the Joint Services School for Linguists, where he was learning Russian and so on, and different things. And when he went, he went off to Skegness, I think it was, uh, to join a, a seaside review. Um, I mean, I don't think that has ever been spoken about before, you know. Um, and you felt that was quite significant for her, you know, him going away. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, um, absolutely. Gave her uh -huh. a push to... Yeah, yeah. Because then she was still at school then, wasn't she? And she was, had, or had she just left? No, I... Because she started working in the clubs before she left school. Yeah, no. I think she had left school. No, she had left school. She was working in the clubs and then she became very despondent because she wasn't getting anywhere. Right. Two years had gone by. She hadn't gotten anywhere and she decided to give up. She thought, no, I can't, I can't do this. You know. So she went off and got herself a nice job in Bentles. Um, uh, and then you'll, you'll have read about the disaster that happened when she was uh, demonstrating a toy, an electric toy she train to, to a wee boy, and she said she, she fused all the lights in the whole store, and they kicked her. Well, anyway, that's the story. They kicked her out, you know. Well, that was fortuitous. So then she decided she better get something done, and she started looking for um, looking for jobs in in. Um, 
the stage and and came across this advert. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, you know, it was a lot serendipitous as well, you know. I mean, you could have found anything. Who knows what would have happened, but uh, I think the, the girls, the Lana sisters, found it serendipitous as well. You know, they were oh, really, really pleased they, to get they, her. They couldn't believe that they'd got someone who fitted perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. She didn't look the part at that time. She didn't know. But no. she had the voice. She did, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No, so, I love the photographs of them um, uh-huh, uh-huh. in their gear. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they, were, they were quite something. And they, and they got a lot of really um, good gigs. And they did. I mean, they were yeah. actually, they were, they were quite... Um, they were they were quite well. They you know they did quite well. They were I was going to say they were quite famous. They mm-hmm. were, although you know they're just middle range, I suppose, in terms of um, performance at that time. But um, yeah, they were well well regarded. And you know, there's something that actually annoys me with other biographies where they they kind of just dismiss the time with the Lana sisters as if it didn't really matter. But actually, no, you were saying about the. About the Lannis sisters, and um, yeah, that is it's dismissed as being not very important. But actually, she learned she learned how to to be on stage mm-hmm. while she was with them. She learned learned a huge amount from them, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I think it was really good for her. And she seemed to enjoy it. Um, the, the, the photographs, she looks so happy in them uh-huh, um, uh-huh, with those uh-huh. girls. And yeah. then one of them, I can't remember which one, they stayed with her parents and they yeah. were so nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine the, them yeah. putting up these, um, you know, the, uh, the other young girls? I mean, uh-huh. that, was, that was quite so, something. Yeah, wasn't I, I it? thought that was quite amazing, you know. Um, yes, and so the, um, that, one Lynn, Lynn Essex or Lynn Abrams her name was at the time um, said you know and her parents were quite happy for them to come along and to rehearse in the in the house you know it must have driven them crazy with, you know with rehearsals going over and over and over the same things anyway um, they did and she discovered from there that um, I think she realised then if she hadn't already realised that her family was maybe a wee bit odd yeah. <laughs> and this well, family was very warm and loving. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that was good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that I thought that was that those um, meeting those other two young women and being in that band and getting that it was like an apprenticeship, wasn't it? It was. Travelling yes. about, and she came yeah. to Glasgow Empire. And, she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, you know, all sorts of places. No, I thought I thought that was. Um, I found it very interesting, and I thought it was dead important and you could just uh-huh. imagine them because they were so she would be so happy to be there and they were all delighted because she fitted in yeah perfectly yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely and the harm the harmonies uh-huh, um, uh-huh. i mean a lot a lot of it's a lot of the detail you know i mean that, jim would know all about that because you know he's a um, singer songwriter but um i at one point you're explaining how they, they put the music together you see that none of them sang the melody Yeah. and I had never heard that before I uh-huh. didn't even know how uh-huh. I wouldn't have known anything about music to even think 
that there wasn't someone singing the melody. Yeah, know? yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is what Lynn actually told me. This, you know, she said that she wished that they had actually allowed. I mean, the, if the other girl had allowed one of them to take the melody, you know, um, because she thinks they could have done much better with that, but. Um, she never would, she would never allow it to happen. And then Lynn said, well, um, <clears throat> it's just as well that she went off with her brother because um, it gave her the opportunity to to develop more mm-hmm. as, a, as a singer. That was the next step. And be, be mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. No, I remember the Springfields, I remember seeing them on television. Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I think that whole, and I think that the book is important beyond um, Dusty Springfield because that period was so important, you know, after the war and, like, teenagers kind of came into their own and everything uh-huh. changed. Then. Yeah. Because before that, like, people just kind of wore the same clothes as their parents, practically. Pretty and, much, yeah. And listened yeah. to the yeah. same uh-huh. music. There wasn't such yeah. a thing as music, Pop. like the young people yeah. driving the old people mad with uh-huh. their music because yeah, yeah. it, 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 just, it just wasn't, wasn't it was, the year there's a, a word I use in the book which I can't remember but uh, it was it almost felt volcanic a volcanic change mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. all of these different um, pop singers coming in, initially it was like yeah. Cliff Richard and Tommy uh-huh. Steele yeah. and I remember, I mean I, I, I it brought it all back to me, all those you know, Oh Boy and the 6-5 special all these music programmes that suddenly started happening and um, you know, the, some of the other people that they weren't really we would never have thought that they were like cool guys like Guy Mitchell and people mm. like that, but you remember their name, yeah. And they kind of, they sort of created a stepping stone, didn't they? Or, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose because of course Guy Mitchell is American, um, but um, mm. I think it was quite interesting to see the way things developed in in the UK. You know, mm. as I said, with the the homegrown um, artists like Cliff Richard and Tommy Steele and Lonnie yeah. Donegan and oh. and all of those. You yeah, know, the skiffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to bring in the... I mean, some of the time I thought, you know, should I really include this? Because the, the stuff I put in there about Ken Collier and about jazz and yes, so on, uh-huh. uh, because it didn't only kind of... didn't properly uh, connect to, to Dusty, except in the fact that she was a musician and she was she aware, was a, she knew you, about... And there were her influences, you know, were, the jazz yeah, and the uh-huh. blues. Yeah. Well, they, were, they were her... I'd right. never heard of him, the, the Ken Collier, that was a new yeah. name uh-huh. to me. Uh-huh. But um, no, I think that it's, I think it is, it is a good, that, that was good to have all of that. And um, because it's so informative, you know, yeah. and it was so much of the time, you know, that's okay. what was what was happening. That's good. But, I'm glad you but, think so. Oh, definitely. But I've, um, I mean, I was intrigued at how you managed to get all this information. I mean, I know a wee bit about it now because of, sort of um, you know, reading it and then I read some other things yeah. and about all your, the, the contacts you made and the travel and... Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. I did a fair bit of travelling and I mean, I just... Do you know, something like... Um, 
what would I how to describe it you know like like riding a bike you put one foot down after another you know and I just kept on going I didn't know where it was going to lead to I didn't know if it was going to ever ever actually lead to a published book but uh, I just sort of kept on going and I kept on I mean, I spent so much time researching different things that had absolutely no relevance whatsoever, but, you know, um, you go down rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. I think that's what happens. Uh, So, but I just carried on doing it because I was enjoying it, you know, and uh, something becomes fascinating to me. I've got to find out more about that, you know. (laughs) But the people were so welcoming and so helpful. Yeah, yeah, most of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there were one or two. I like, for instance, I, I didn't act, didn't even try to contact Tom because I knew that he was a recluse. Yeah. Um, and you know that he died last year. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he 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 was living, I think, part of the time in Chelsea and part of the time in France or something like that. But he he died, and even when he died, it even people that were close to them didn't know about it for a couple of weeks afterwards mm-hmm. you know which was mm-hmm. really a shame she, she was so young when she died it was terrible she was a, yeah she was only not even 60 yeah yeah, no, yeah. that was sad that was very sad but um, no but, uh, the other thing that <clears throat> caught my, my eye was this dusty day all oh, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd never, he- I'd never heard of that, but yeah. it kind of shows you the her impact. People have carried on going to it. Um, yeah. So where does that happen? Well, it was in Ealing. I mean, since the lockdown, uh, it hasn't happened, and uh, the guy that was running it is actually quite, uh, quite ill. You know, he has uh, breathing problems. He has asthma and so on, and. Um, I don't think he's fit to, to do it again. Um, so I don't know whether it's ever going to happen. I'd like it. You know, I would like to, you know, I su- have suggested to, to a couple of people that I would be happy to pick it up. Yeah, that would be good. And organise it, not on my own, but with, with, with the help from other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Uh, because, I, you know, I mean, I'm in contact with different people like... Um, Pat Rhodes was Dusty's PA for 40 years and I'm in contact with her and in fact she sent me an email just the other day and she was sort of saying what people don't realise is that Dusty was a warm and loving person you know what what a lovely person she was I kind of got somehow I had that impression um, as opposed to you know well, I have been I was approached I don't know if you want to include this but I was approached by um a producer from LA mm-hmm. asking to take an option on my book mm-hmm. and I he gave me a synopsis of what they wanted to do with it and I just felt that it would do what Hollywood always does sensationalise, you know, look for all the kind of difficult times in her life and, and blow them up yeah. and I thought, no, I don't, I don't want that, I don't want my name to be <laughs> To be attached to something like that, so I wrote back to him and I said that, you know. So, so, and he wasn't prepared to come and go with me, as you know, he wasn't prepared to negotiate with me about what I would be happy with, you know. So that's that's that finished. But uh, I think some other things could come up where you would have more say in the matter. Yeah. Well, 
Maybe, hopefully. I mean, I'd like to think it would. A lot of very good um, Scottish filmmakers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm also in touch with the guy who was Dusty's um, music director for about seven or eight years. And he, when he read the book, he said he thought it could be used as a, a basis for a documentary about oh, absolutely. her. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> definitely. They would, so, they would have, you would have done their work for them. <laughs> you know? I, I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. No, uh-huh. no, that would be great. Mm-hmm. No, she, I mean, she was so, um, so different and um, such a performer. Yeah. I mean, fabulous singer, uh-huh. but. She yeah. was good to watch as well. We thought we used to kind of um, copy all the hand gestures, and you know, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know, yeah. so fun. And she was so um, so glamorous and the yeah. black black eyes and the the blonde hair. I know, I know, I know. She quite a, quite a look. It's yeah. it's funny actually. I don't know. I mean, if that came across in the book, but I I realised when I was investigating all of this that you know she didn't. It wasn't an instant thing, you know. Mm. It took her a long time to, to develop that and to decide mm. how she wanted to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went through a lot of different mm-hmm. iterations of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she of being was a wee, wee, quite a plain wee redhead. She was at school. <laughs> she, she was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just but, sure. She, <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. Indeed, yes. But some of those songs, she, I mean, she 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 had a lot, an awful lot of natural. Ability, yeah. not not just the singing, um, but you know, being able to produce and yeah. you know, yeah. organize. But um, she also, from she was quite young, she seemed to have quite a um, well-developed sort of sense of what was good. You know, because she liked Burt Bacharach quite yeah. early, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, I can't uh-huh. imagine there would be many uh-huh. young women um, sort of. Recognizing, you know, like yeah, he was such yeah. a fabulous songwriter. I think she was fascinated with Burt Bacharach from way back in the in those days. The story of my life and was it Magic Moments? Mm-hmm. Was it Magic Moments? My mum loved that song, Pericomo. Yeah, Magic yeah, Moments. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and she thought that was amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she realized. I mean, so that was when that was the, about fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until '62 when they went to when the Springfields went to America, mm-hmm. and she heard Dion Warwick mm-hmm. on the radio singing. I can't remember the name of the song, um, <laughs> but it was a, a Bacharach David song. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Was that wishing and hoping? No, oh. wishing and hoping was a, bit, a good bit later on. You know, this was. Mm-hmm. This was uh, Dionne Warwick's first single with that she recorded with um, with Bacharach and David. Yeah, she was fabulous as well. Mm. Well, she still is, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she's still but, going on. But some of those songs, um, like the hit, the hits, um, were absolutely fantastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just w- wonderful songs, and um, the the big hit. What was that? You don't have to say you love me. Yeah, that yeah. was the number one. That, that was, was wonderful. T- it was. I mean, I can't understand how it is that she only had one number one, but it's because she was had such a lot of competition. A lot of competition. All the um, the the, the bands, all the groups, 
at that yeah. time coming through the, yeah. the rock and rollers. Yeah, no, like yeah. wonderful songs. I only want to be with you. Yeah, son of a preacher man, of course. Yeah, I mean that was so yeah. so well. Yeah. I mean yeah. that was such a different that's, song as well. That was, yeah, let's start from Dusty in Memphis. Mm-hmm. That was very 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 unusual. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. with a yeah. story in it, yeah. yeah. No, no, she made some good choices. She did, yes, yes. So, I mean, I was going to tell you about, you know, um, Dusty, Dusty, I think in her career she relied on, because there were loads and loads of really good songwriters out there, mm-hmm. and she just sort of relied on them, but she did actually write some songs herself. Right, no, I didn't know that. Did you know no. that, no? Um, and I don't know if I mention it in the book because it came after the period that I of the book covers. Yeah. Um, she wrote four songs, and I don't know why she didn't write any more. It's such a shame. She wrote "Once Upon a Time," something special. Go ahead on. She wrote with Madeline Bell. I don't know if you remember Madeline I Bell. She's Do she's uh, No, no, no. She no. was American, but uh, no. I must brace it. Makes she's me American. She, Maggie Bell. Maggie Bell. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. No, Madeline Bell's right. a black. She's right. black. Okay. No, um, I don't know her. Um, yeah, she's still singing. She's eighty now, and she's still she's oh still God. going, mm-hmm. and still got an amazing voice. But anyway, she she was a, a close friend of Dusty's, mm-hmm. and she started out as a backing singer for Dusty. Mm-hmm. But then they, they they actually wrote this song together. Well, two songs actually. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, go ahead on, and I'm going to leave you, which was written also with a lady called Leslie Duncan. I don't know if you know no, that name no. at all. She no. she was a backing singer. Are, are any of those on YouTube, Danella? They are, yeah. Oh, right, I must yeah. listen to them. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. that's interesting. But uh, as I say, I mean, it's a shame. I think it's a shame that Dusty didn't... Um, write more songs because I think if she had she would have developed her ability as a I songwriter think, I think you're right because she had such a from such a young age she had such a sort of well developed sort of sensibility yeah. about yeah. the music and what was yeah. good and you mm-hmm. know I thought I thought that I mean the, the, the things she could do from such a young age mm-hmm. were actually quite remarkable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um, yeah no, that would—that's a shame, really, isn't it? You know, I liked it. I mean, the the part that I, I wrote about Joe Stafford. Do you remember Joe Stafford? No, I and yeah. I, I know that she was a big, big fan of hers. Yeah. but I don't remember her at all. I asked my mum about it, you know, as well, and she didn't never heard of Joe Stafford, but um, she had a big hit with the song called "You Belong to Me." Right. Brilliant, um, but Dusty sang one of her recordings. She sang it on one of her shows. Mm-hmm. It was called "Poor Wayfaring, Poor Wayfaring Stranger," mm-hmm. and she introduced the song by saying it was on a record by Joe Stafford, who is, who was, and still is one of my own favourite singers. Oh, yeah, nice. You know. And when I heard that, it made me start investigating Joe Stafford. <laughs> and she was incredible. She sang with um, Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, she was an amazing singer. You no, know, I don't know. I, the, the name didn't mean anything to me at all. She, she escaped me. Yeah. Yeah. I will. 
So what was your, um, of all the research that you did and the people that you met and the places you went, what, what did you enjoy most? God, that's a really difficult question to answer. Because you went over to Ireland as well, didn't you? I did, actually. I went to Ireland a couple of times, yes, and I met her cousin and her cousin's son and in Tralee, which is where Dusty's mum came from, and we um, sat and chatted for a while and they gave me loads of information about the, fa- the background about the family which most of which I couldn't use because it, it's a bit too far away from Dusty. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed that very much. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, finding out more about um, Ireland in the 19th century, mm-hmm. what was going on then, and the Irish War of Independence mm-hmm. and so on. You know, all of those things were happening. Mm-hmm. Just around the time, of course, there's these. <laughs> I know I laughed about you saying that her mum and dad argued because she wanted Irish independence and he wanted it just to have his own parliament but still yeah, the part yeah, of the UK. And yeah. I thought that's kind of... There were a lot of houses in Scotland like that at the moment. Quite possibly, <laughs> With yeah. those, those disagreements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, yes. So there was all of that, and I suppose, I mean, I suppose that's one of the rabbit holes that I went down. I spent a lot of time investigating that, finding out more about that, finding out more about Dusty's grandfather, because he, he was a, a newspaper man, he was a journalist, he wrote for the um, Irish Independent, I think, I can't, that's not the right name, um, and then he started his own paper in Tralee called The Kerry, Kerry People, you know, and he was fighting for maybe not independence but he was fighting for home rule that's, yeah, right, that's mm-hmm. the word yeah. um, and believed it you know I mean uh, there was such poverty in Ireland at that time oh, yeah absolutely it's not poor now no no not so much yeah but um, well, it's a very rich country now is it yeah much more so than the UK it's done done so well so well yeah um, the, but um, my Mother's family from Donegal. All right. So okay. I spent an awful lot of time there. Okay. Um, I did my um, when I was at Glasgow University. I did my dissertation on Irish factory girls and their attitudes towards work. Did you? So I was there yeah. for months. Okay. Um, I had a caravan there in my cousin's farm. Oh wow! So um, and we used to go all the school holidays. We would spend the whole school holidays uh-huh, in, uh-huh. in Ireland. So okay. and the, the, so the the, um, the difference now is so dramatic. Yeah. Because when we went there, when we were young, we would be taking um, like coats and different things because Ireland was so much poorer. Yeah. Than than but it's not like it's not like that now. Was it big that? fancy fancy houses. Yeah. And yeah. The snow's all what, you know. So what period were the Irish girls, the factory girls? What period did that oh, cover? That, I did that in um, nineteen eighty eighty one. 
Okay, but it was in the 19th century, I take it. No, 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 it was in the factories. They still had there factory girls. There were two factories in Bincrana. Um, well, the, 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 in the north, and mm-hmm. um, Bincrana and Donegal was quite near the north. There was a big sort of um, shirt making. That was There was a lot of industry around okay. that for a long, long okay. time. So they're, they're not there anymore, but there were two factories at that time All right, in okay. Bincrana. And that was the main And you employers. did your, dis- you you did your dissertation on that. Uh-huh. And wow. um, the... Was that sociology you were Sociology. Yeah. Sociology yeah. of industry. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I spent quite a lot of time. Of time so, I mean, one of the things about, you know, during the... Well, earlier on, of course, during the, during the famine in mm-hmm. uh, Ireland, which wasn't necessarily a famine because I think the... The British were shipping food out, you know, and uh, but the peasants were left to eat the potatoes which are gone going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard about this. I think I actually saw it on a TV program that they actually, you know, the men were starving or people were starving, but a way to provide them with work to, to earn money is this: they built what they called these famine roads. Did you hear yeah. about fam- have you heard mm-hmm. about famine roads? Heard those, uh-huh. Roads that mm-hmm. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. They're just strange, very, very strange. Yeah. I maybe saw we saw a programme about that. Uh huh. Maybe yeah. you saw the same uh-huh. programme. <laughs> no. No, there's there it was sad, sad and then so many um people left. So there's yeah. so much, so yeah. many Irish and, and you know, in oh, America and Australia and Ireland, yeah, huge yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. There is Scottish too, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, my sister is in Canada. She's got a lot of Irish friends there. Or is there. that right? And, Irish and descent. Irish descent and a lot of Irish. You know, a lot of people still, still good. I mean, there's not not so many people leaving now, but I mean, in Ireland, every day mainly just left because there was no no mm-hmm. work for people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. um, they went off to Australia so that's oh, wait a minute Dusty's great granny actually went to America I don't know if you remember that from the book yeah. she went off to America and I'm not sure whether her family was with her but when she was there she met a guy and she, she got married mm-hmm. and had a child and then she came back to the U, to, to Ireland to Tralee and unfortunately her husband was ill and he died shortly afterwards mm-hmm. um, and then that's around about the time that she married Dusty's great-grandfather um, so I mean I think you know it, it connects in Yeah, mm-hmm. the stories connect mm-hmm. in absolutely so how's the book doing Daniela? well it has it has done it, it was doing very, very well when, to begin with, but uh, things have kind of tailed off a bit now. You know, I'm trying to find ways of of promoting it a bit more. Are you involved in any of the, the book festivals? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Um, no, maybe should maybe I should check some of those out because, them. you know, there's a Bowers Road book festival. Is there? Uh-huh. But that, that's um, happening next month it's that um, visit West End and people that organise it okay I need to check so there's events in the um, there'll be in the library 
Super Kindle Library. It is, yes. Is yeah. it in the Mitchell Library? Oh, I don't know. Should about ask that. them. Yeah, because they're very, very nice. It'd be nice to have it in the Mitchell. Yeah, I did. I did uh, meet the author event at Partick Library actually mm-hmm. back in yeah, April. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I met the guy that was organising it. He he ordered several mm-hmm. copies of my book, so. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's one in Hillhead, there's one in Partick, and I don't know where the That's others good. are. Should keep your eye open for, um, if I see any, I'll let you know, because, um, you know, we had a book out a few years ago, The Ten Writers Telling Lies, and we travelled around quite a lot of the different um, b- book festivals, and some of them are held by the libraries, like Dumbarton Library, right. and they're so helpful. You know, the the staff are so helpful at setting things up and um, publicising. Were you just um, going to sort of fairly local places? Well, we went down to Linlithgow. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's... that's South Lanarkshire. Yeah. And we were in Iright, which would be a good Sorry, what was the name of your book? It's ten writers telling lies. All right. <laughs> it was ten. It was ten writers, um, and there were ten songs. Uh huh. So Jim wrote these ten songs. So there was a CD. It was still CDs at that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's buying CDs now. Um, and each of the ten writers wrote a story to um, go with the song. Okay. So um, we had the. It was always music and readings. Okay. It was great fun. It was great. It was great fun. We had planned to do another one actually because it was very successful and we sold every book. No, it was. It was. We sold them at the events, you see. Sure, yeah, yeah. But when you say you you sold every book, what what does that mean? Well, I don't know how many we had, but I mean, we were left with none. Right. (laughs) You know, there were um, there were no bother selling Uh them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was mainly at the events people would you know, buy the books. No, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. we had some very big events. You know, we had an event at Cotiers. Well, there was a, you know, probably you? a couple of yeah. hundred people there. Really? You no, know, yeah. Oh, maybe Cotiers will do it as well. I'm going to Particle Bowling Club mm-hmm. in December. I'm going right. to be doing a, a, oh. a Meet the Author well, event. Well, let me know and then I'll publicise it on the website. Okay, that would be good. Oh, come along. Will you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it's it's on the 5th of December. Okay. Well, so. that's nice to have things at that time of year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's good. Hopefully it'll encourage people. Um, well, I think an awful, awful lot of people liked Dusty Springfield. Yeah. You know, yeah. she hit a big... And she's not like somebody that's being forgotten about. I know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, which is quite and it's incredible. Her image is quite iconic. Yeah, you know, it's a nice cover. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, smashing. It's, 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 it's absolutely. That was my niece that did that. Did she? Yeah, that's great. That's that's lovely. She a graphic artist. Yeah, <clears throat> so that was handy. Yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed, it was. That was good. Because she oh. she set it. Oh, she didn't. Well, she she. Um, Created the the actual image, but she also did the layout for the for the cover as well. You know, there's because, a lot to be done, isn't there? In yeah, the yeah, yeah. Because I went to, I, I mean, I, I published this through Amazon, mm-hmm. um, 
Are you still recording? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I published it through Amazon, and uh, what the benefit for me of it is that I didn't have to buy 500 copies uh-huh. in advance. Well, that's good. I, it's print on demand. Mm-hmm. So when somebody orders a copy, it, print, it gets printed. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. It's, because it's a risk. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, at one point I thought I was going to have to get 500 copies printed, but uh, I, I never had to, you know, and I've... Um, it's, it's an incredible. So, and I can buy copies of it, you know, they, they call them author copies, uh-huh. so I can buy them and then sell them myself, mm-hmm. but or other, else people can buy the, the book through um, Amazon, yeah. you know, just buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I have got copies in the Hindling Bookshop, yeah, I know that. That's, that's I, good. Have you seen them? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a smashing wee shop too. It is, yeah, yeah. The, the way had our book in there too, and it was quite quite nice to walk past and see it in the window. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, I was kind of hoping they would put mine in the window, mm-hmm. but they never have done. Well, ask them. I I'll ask them. That would be good. <laughs> that would be great if you asked them. Yeah. I'll get Gillian to ask as well. Because <laughs> she, she's uh-huh. my, my friend, she's a writer and she lives up that way. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, it would be, look nice in the window. Yeah, I think it would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, definitely, but, uh, definitely. Well, you know, it's, it's been a, a, an adventure for you, hasn't it? It has, yes. A ten year adventure. <laughs> ten, a ten year adventure. Uh-huh. So, do you think you'll write another book? Yeah, I'm actually thinking about it at the moment. Uh, I'm, I want to write about my father. Um, because he wasn't f- famous or, you know, he, you know anything like that. But uh, I think his life was really interesting. You know, lots of things that he did, of course. I mean, he, he was... He was born in 1919, so he was young during the Second World War. He ended up as a radio officer on a merchant ship, mm-hmm. and he was torpedoed twice. Mm-hmm. So um, you know he had to he had to uh, recover from that. I think mm-hmm. it more or less caused him a nervous breakdown. Um, and then going on from there, he went to work for GCHQ. After that, so. All of that is fascinating stuff, you know, and I'd really like to sort of flesh so out. So would it be another type of bi- biography? It wouldn't be a, a, a fiction book, it would be a no, factual it would, book? No, it would be biography, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Well, that um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know very, very little. He was born and he lived in forests right. in the north-east of Scotland, and... Um, I know very, very little about his his family up there and, and his life, what his life would have been like when he was there. And I really uh, relish going and finding out more <laughs> and about the, it. Is, is, is there any family still alive? <sighs> no, not really, no. His two brothers are dead, obviously. His parents are dead. Um, and there may be some sort of distant relations living up in... In, in forest still, yeah. yeah. Or friends, or people that knew the. Yeah, there will well, be some people that will know. Potentially, yeah, yeah. But the friends would be. I mean, my father, if he was still alive, would be over a hundred. You know, mm-hmm. so 
there's not yeah going they're, to they're be, not going to be alive but yeah but they could be um like ch- children that you know yeah. they would remember yeah yeah you uh-huh. wish you'd ask more don't you yes <laughs> of course you do yeah. you know what? Yeah. i'm always thinking that why didn't i um ask about this and I, I was a wee asker because my mum and dad used to laugh because when I, well you were born I was born in 1946 so it was just after the war yeah. so I used to um, sometimes get beside my mum and dad in the night I was waking up and going to bed and I would say to them tell me about the war really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean this was a kind of and uh-huh. I can remember, and they would tell me things, and so I can remember so many mm. stories about, you know, them waiting for my uncle to come home, he'd been at the pictures, and then, because they stayed in Uncle Patrick, so there was a lot of bombing in Clyde Bank. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I remember the, you know, the different mm. stories, and mm-hmm. even where we lived, there were bombs, there had been a bombing, so part of a building at the front was no longer there, yeah. so it was new and the rest was old. And I loved all, I was fascinated by all this. Really? But, um, weird, but um, other things, you know, like more normal things come into my head and I think, I wish I'd asked about this, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You just, um, you think people are going to go on forever, don't you? Mm-hmm. Is I mean, you got a situation like this because of the work that he did. We, uh, as a family, went... Well, we went to live in Singapore for four years. Uh And uh, I was seven when we went there. And, and, you know, I just took it for granted. This is what you do, you know. Mm -hmm. Arrive in Singapore, ten years after the end of the war, it's really still very, very rural. rural. Mm -hmm. And... um, we went to school there and we had fun. We went swimming every day for practically and, you know, just had great fun. Uh, and it's only sort of looking back, I think, wow. It was quite a different experience. What an experience, experience that yeah, was. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I know. Well, that's it. I think that would be, you would have plenty to see there and that would be good. Now that yeah. you've got that under your belt, it would yeah. be a shame just to kind of, Leave it at that. Yeah, I well, think. I, hopefully, it won't take another ten years. To do it. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. But no, good luck, and and I'll. Um, you've got your December event, and then if I uh-huh. um, hear of anything, um, you know, being planned, I I'll let you know. Will you? That'd be great. Yeah. Sometimes people get in touch with me before beforehand. Do know? they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so that they know I'll publicise it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. But anyway, is there anything else you wanted to say about Dusty before we sign off? Uh, well, I mean, I could talk to you about the fact that she was a cook. You know, oh, she right. loved the goons. Uh-huh. Right. She was really cooky. Where have I got that stuff? Could you say again the names of the songs that she wrote herself? Okay, so Once Upon a Time something special go ahead on that she wrote with Madeline Bell uh, I'm going to leave you which she wrote with Madeline Bell and Leslie Duncan okay oh well that's I think that's quite a nice note to finish on I'm definitely going to um, go into YouTube Are and you listen to those finding, yeah, so yeah. Danella thanks very much okay. that's been really interesting thanks a lot
Okay, well, thank you, thanks for inviting me. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Thanks, Daniela. Thanks, Pat. Well, that's another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow Western Chat. I hope you're having a good week, and I'll catch you the next time. Bye for now.